Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. This week, I'm joined by the super sub. He is Steppin' Stefan. Oh, I thought I'd lost the Steppin' part. Damn it. Hey, how you all doing? Oh, do you not, <laughs> do you not like Steppin' Stefan? I don't know. I, I prefer super sub. I feel like Jermaine Defoe or Pavlichenko. You know. But but I gave you've got both titles. The Steppin' thing, I think, makes you sound a bit like a scar, like trumpeter or something. Oh, maybe. Bit of ska music, no? All right, I like a bit of ska, no, I like a bit of ska. Yeah, well, you know, a bit of step in Stefan. He sounds like a guy who got up on stage with madness and is still dancing, you know? Oh, I like it. Okay, actually, I like it. See, see, it's all about how you look at things, my friend. Take it back, take it back. All about the positive outlook. Um... Well, yes, there is no Matt this week. Unfortunately, uh, Matt is had. Well, I say I say this like he's dealing with family things. It makes it sound like you know the poor guy's being forced to spend time with his family. But yeah, he he's had a family thing come up, and so at the last minute, stepping in the super sub as he likes to be called. Yep. Uh, thank you for joining me, my friend. As I've not spoken to you in a few weeks, and as the listeners, I'm sure are dying to know. How are you, buddy, in all this madness? Are you keeping well? I'm very well. I'm very bored. Very bored, uh, yeah. I'm very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a strange thing, isn't it? This kind yeah. of like... Because... Right. The, it's the summer break of football without it being the summer break, and it sucks for stars. What is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing that's making me laugh the most at the moment is I'm, I'm quite an antisocial git, so I'm kind of like... Everyone must think I'm in my element, but it's weird. It's like I I choose not to go out to a nightclub, etc. Yeah, I want I like having the option. <laughs> yeah, I had the um talking to the in laws on the phone the other day, and he was saying like he gets invited to the pub every Friday night. The friends invite him to the pub. Yeah, and eight out of ten of them, he turns around and goes, "Nah, not tonight. I don't like. No, I don't fancy it tonight. Not tonight." Yeah, yeah. he now doesn't get the choice. No. No, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I like to say no to people. I, I yeah. like to I like to see the hope in their eyes and then me destroy it. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's a sad time. But, uh, mate, this is obviously... We're going to be talking all things Tottenham Hotspur and what's available in the news right now. But before, <laughs> yeah. before we dive into the various subjects, what I like to do is open the show up, as you well know, to the fans of our Facebook page, our fellow Tottenham fans, yes, and see what subjects and questions they'd like to hear discussed. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Now, I didn't know I was going to be on the show, so one of them is mine again. Well, I was going to say, it's quite <laughs> funny that one of these is yours, and we'll open with yours, okay? because uh, you're here. Uh, so basically, yeah, just to prove to everybody that you genuinely didn't have a clue you were going to be on the show this week, you actually commented, uh, trying to get some normality back at such a strange time, do we think Jan will re-sign a contract? Now, no one's going to believe this, but that's actually one of my topics I wrote down to discuss this week. We do so, not plan this, people. This is pure luck. Yeah, so I we're going to come on to that. So I'm not going to answer that now. All right. But it is going to be one of the discussion points. So good thinking, little buddy. Nice. I'll, I'll try. Yeah. Uh, so we got James Hogan. James says, with the Newcastle takeover imminent, how would you guys feel about a Saudi-funded takeover at Spurs? Whilst I'm not a fan of Enoch, I personally wouldn't want that. Uh well, my friend, do you, do you know much about what's going on with Newcastle? I know they've been talked for a little while now. It's about three hundred million or something crazy. Ah uh, well, well, allow me to splash some details for you Hit and me. for anybody who, who's not fully aware. So, so Newcastle United, as we all know, have been for sale for some time. Uh, Mike yes. Ashley, the global asshat, is the most hated owner of a football club, I reckon. Uh, he's got to be up there, definitely. I mean, even Joe Lewis manages to skate a little bit compared to that guy. But yeah, he is an absolute tool. And he is selling Newcastle United for a fee of, uh, believed to be in the region of 300 million. Now, 
that figure, <laughs> me, you, whatever, that's that's quite a wow, eye watering figure yeah. for a Premier League football club. It's not actually really that much. Well, three hundred million buying the club is kind of like okay. Well, when you think about Newcastle United and the potential uplift, when you think about the the fan base, you know, it's a one city that loves their football. You know, yeah, Newcastle. like the stadium is smack bang in the middle of the city, yeah. and and it's a massive stadium with yeah. room for expansion. They they sell that thing out, you know, providing the things priced correctly for the area. They will sell that thing out every week. Didn't they, when they got relegated, they were in the championship and they were still selling out. Yeah, damn straight they were. Yeah, they they love their club, and so the potential upside with with the ideal investment is is huge. Now. The, basically, it's the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia who's buying the club. Um, to put this in a little bit of perspective, the people who own Man City are worth about twenty-two billion. Not bad. Not bad. The people buying Newcastle are worth over a hundred billion. I mean, we're going to see Ronaldo playing in a black and white stripe <laughs> still. Um... It's a. It's a strange thing because, of course, the the thing that most people have pointed to when they've gone, well, what does it matter with FFP rules being put in place? They can't come in and do a Chelsea or come in and do a Man City anymore. Well, there are ways of investing into the club and investing into the team which are fine under FFP rules, which means they could really bankroll a summer overhaul and it'd be okay. But also... um, and perhaps the timing of this purchase is uh, is because of this. Mm. The FFP rules are being relaxed because of COVID-19. Uh, oh my God, they're going to do like a billion pound summer transfer where no other team can buy anyone because of the COVID. And they're, and they're, they're going to walk the floor with everyone. And they're just signing anyone they like. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting thing because obviously the FFP rules are being relaxed to, to help clubs who are going to make a bigger loss than what they would do normally this year. And it isn't Mm. exactly fair to slam them with penalties, point deductions, financial penalties, relegation in some cases, if their results are that severe. So they've relaxed the rules. But of course, in relaxing those rules to help, you know, hundreds and hundreds of clubs, what it also done is for the clubs that are basically owned by the wealth of an entire nation, Chelsea, uh, Manchester City... Uh, potentially Newcastle if the deal completes because it isn't complete yet although contracts have now been exchanged so it's pretty close Jeez, yeah. um, uh, Paris Saint-Germain is another team um, it's basically a free ticket for them it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet in the transfer window this summer and they're literally the only teams invited and what makes it interesting is of course whenever you've got any market for anything and Focusing on transfers for a minute. To make a market move, you need cash. You need liquidity. Yeah. So the fact that Newcastle are going to come along with a you know a burning pocket full of cash actually could help everybody. And so I imagine FIFA UEFA are probably going to just basically look the other way, wolf you know whistling away whilst this happens, because of course Tottenham. You know that's our focus. We're gonna struggle to sign players this summer. I mean, I know it's questions other people have asked. It's a greater discussion point down the road. But let's say, for example, Newcastle want to pick up a couple of players from us. Let's say they want to sign Danny Rose on a permanent deal, and just because it would be my dream scenario, they also want to sign Serge Aurier. So you know they want to sign <laughs> two fullbacks. Yeah, that liquidity. You know the the few million for Danny, a few million for would enable us to go and buy somebody. Now, most other clubs are struggling to be able to sign anybody because they don't, you know, they're in the same boat as us, which is, yeah. okay, you know. So so this transfer window coming up is going to be interesting. I imagine for the first time we're going to see, like, real horse trading going on, which yeah, is like, okay. Surgery, eh, for X amount. We then take that and go buy a replacement right back yeah, for X yeah. amount. Which that will allow... you can yeah. then go buy, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be like a... You know, Daniel Levy's often talked about this when he has done interviews, that the transfer market is often 
all lined up with deals everywhere and then you need someone to hit the first domino and yeah. then all of a sudden you know so and so signs for them they then buy their replacement which allows that club to have the money to buy them you know and it just goes on and on and on yeah i think potentially this summer newcastle if the deal does complete and if they're going to do the uber investment thing because that's the other thing, the factor that a lot of people haven't considered. Everyone's sat there looking at it going, oh, wow, it's the Saudi, you know, this, that, the other. Yeah. They're just, they're just going to buy everybody. You know, Newcastle fans, and, and don't get me wrong, they're long-suffering. Let them have their fun right now where, you know, they're creating dream teams right now where they've got <laughs> Mbappe up front, you know, all these different players. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, great, no, have, have fun. But none of them are considering that this guy could be Joe Lewis the second, and basically he's going to buy the club and go ah, right then. Uh, I'm going to invest in the training pitch, uh, the stadium, and you can have a hundred million to spend. You know, and all of a sudden in this market, that's like what? Could you imagine? <laughs> well, they're expecting massive yeah. things. So anything short of the guy walking through the door, basically with like cash trucks behind him. Yeah, yeah. Anything short of that is going to be a disappointment for them. You know, think about when that consortium bought Man City on deadline day and they bought in Rubinho. Yeah. Remember that? And it was like, wow, this is nuts. And then, of course, every window that followed, they just kept signing every top player they could lay their hands on. But, yeah, yeah that the was... That the was... shock tactic to, oh, this again. It was like they arrived and went, yeah, we've just bought the club. And by the way, here's Rubinho. What up? Um, you know, I imagine... Newcastle's owners potentially if they are that way inclined are going to want to buy the club and then go oh yeah and here by the way here is Neymar Jr <laughs> you know sure it's yeah. Neymar in the I Premier mean, League playing for Newcastle would just be like what so all of a sudden going back to the question about would I want that as Spurs yeah um thank you Joe Lewis for a fantastic stadium <laughs> and a wonderful training pitch yeah but yeah I'll take Messi and yeah. Sell my soul to well, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Well, here, well, here's the thing. I mean, that that is the question, and it, we will bring it all the way back now to the question, which is selling your soul, because of course there are a lot of very good reasons why Saudi Arabian uh, money, the Crown Prince, etc., shouldn't potentially be welcomed in this country. Yeah. Um, you know, the very definition of blood money. Yeah, it's difficult because, of course, you know it's no different, no different really than when Roman Abramovich arrived and bought Chelsea. Um, you know, he was hours away from buying Tottenham when that happened. So, the the comparison we, we you know we legitimately could have had, which was, could we have, you know, if he'd bought us? And I've always yeah. thought about that a lot. You know, yeah, we would have had success. We'd have won trophies without a shadow of a doubt. We we'd basically be where. Chelsea are now, which is a, a, a very successful, well-established European team. Yeah. But at the same time, I would never have felt good about the where that money's come from. I get you. Yeah. And, and it is a, it's a really difficult thing because as a football fan, you kind of just want the glory and you kind of want to turn a blind eye to the rest of it. But I'd feel a little bit hypocritical of me, you know, after a couple of weeks ago, absolutely slamming our club for yeah. not paying the staff. And then this week going, yeah, bring on the money from Saudi Arabia. All those people died. Nah, forget it. Yeah, it's good. It's, you know, I don't know those guys. Uh, yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of difficult to... It would be difficult to look past it. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Although, no, you know, so, no more. So, <laughs> no, no, I've got to be honest with you. No, for, me, for me, it would be a no. Um, I know... For the vast majority, it'd be a yes, yes, or a hundred times yes. Uh, but no, for, for me, I, I wouldn't like it. Um, yeah. What what then happens and what goes forward, who knows? But yeah, I mean, I've I've objected to signings before on, you know, more moral grounds because I don't think the players morally are that nice of guys, Sergio. And there's, you know, I'd, I'd object on the same grounds. And it is the same way as I objected to the club not paying the staff. You know, there has to be a kind of football club ethos, has to be a kind of community ethos. And will you ever have that when you're basically funded by the oil wealth of a corrupt nation? I don't know. No, I think that's one thing Tottenham can kind of look at and go, you know, we're, we're tough on the purse strings and everything else, but we're building success slowly. 
<laughs> oh, see now that's that's a whole another scenario. Let's 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 not open that kind of world. No. But James, hopefully our debate there has answered your question. I uh, hope you're keeping well and safe. Uh, the next one is from Mark Ivy. He says, "Is there a realistic target for the left back position? I keep seeing us linked to everybody except the left back." Rose will be gone. Davies is kind of injury prone and Tanganga is not left footed. No, he's not. Well said. Um, Simon Whiteman's replied saying Chilwell would have been ideal. Probably going to be too pricey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, just... I, I would love Chilwell. And I, I buy Chilwell in just about every football game I play. I buy him as our left back. Mm-hmm. But in a realistic world, maybe out of our price budget at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely. Unless something massive happens at Leicester and they need to clear out to make some money, ain't going to happen. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I mean, Leicester are owned by a, a group of individuals wealthier than Spurs, so... Yeah. I can't see that happening. Um, Yeah, no, it's... Uh, uh, Chilwell, for me, would be our number one target, but he should have been our number one target before Leicester picked him up. Um, He was well scouted by the club, and then we didn't we didn't sign him, so... Again, yeah. it's, it's another example of, of us kind of failing there. Uh, Left-back's an interesting one because you're right, we're not really being linked with a lot of left-backs, but I've got to be honest with you, I'd ignore pretty much every transfer story right now anyway because it's all made up crap. The club literally are, like every club, waiting to find out what's happening with the season, what's going to happen with money. Yeah. I mean, how can you think about transfers until you know what, you know where you're going to be, what money you've got, if you've got games left this season, what's going to happen with contracts, players, uh, the, the wages for the player. There's so much stuff going on. And you've Any... basically got reporters just sat there twiddling their thumbs going, I need to make some money by sending a story. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> unfortunately, sports journalism now is clicks. I mean, it's, uh, you know, what makes the printed press uh, just basically is a different version of the stories that they try and throw online. And what gets clicks a lot from football fans is transfer stories. And uh, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I see something, I go, oh, that's interesting. I read it. And normally by the end of reading it, I'm like, that was nonsense. Why did I click that? You know, it's that like was... you sent me the other day the whole Gareth Bale thing. He basically oh, turned around yeah. in an interview and said, well, us Tottenham fans wanted him to win. That's yeah. it. He's guaranteed he's coming to Spurs yeah. this summer. Yeah. That's well, it. Deal done. <laughs> Well, the actual headline was something... It was in the Daily Mail, and the headline was Bale gives Spurs fans hope of uh, hope of emotional reunion. Yeah. And I looked at that, I went, what? And then I read it, and I was like, oh, what are you on about? He was being interviewed, I think, on BT Sport, and he basically yeah. got asked about Tottenham's Champions League run. And whether it was force, you know, an old habit or what, he said us instead of, you know, Tottenham. And because of that, it's become a story. Oh man, it's so crap. But the only problem is, is so many people are going to pick up on that and just be like all over it. Like, oh, bring him home. Uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to shake that off. I can't handle any more Gareth Bale talk. But anyway, left back. <laughs> it's an interesting one because I think the reason why we're not being linked with a left back is the club actually have a kid coming through the academy who they are all really, really enthusiastic about. Uh, Dennis Serkin. Serkin, um, that's it. I can't pronounce his name, but I've heard a lot yeah. of big things about this kid. Yeah, he he's someone who basically, when Jose Mourinho took charge, he, he went to watch the academy a lot. Um, you know, he'd finish training, he'd go watch the under 18s, he'd go watch the under the under 23 squad, just because he wanted to get a kind of a feel of who was there. You know, but I think yeah. in the initial training sessions, he worked with Jaffa Tanganga and was kind of like, okay, you're at a level higher than what I expected yeah. um, let me go and you know I'm going to take a walk around and see what else is you know kicking around here and he was a player he identified really quickly he, he immediately transitioned him to training with the first team uh, unlike with Mauricio Pochettino though he trained with the first team but then he went and still played so he was still playing football unfortunately he picked up an injury now if he hadn't picked that up I'm fairly confident you'd have seen him get minutes before now yeah. especially with the injury problems we've had um, whether if the season resumes we might see that I don't know just just so they can kind of trial him and whether they'd be keen enough to let Danny Rose go and not replace him and just promote this kid when he's never played senior football I don't know I mean you, you, you'd you have to be very confident his mentality to do that 
Yeah. But he is really talented. So I don't think the club want to sign someone who's going to block his pathway. They, they, they really have high hopes for him. So I, I'm guessing we're not being linked with a left-back simply because of that. I, I, I'd assume anyway. Um, but then again, like I said, all the transfer stuff I'd really ignore at the moment. I, I, I The very limited insight that I have is just not even being talked you know it's not even on the agenda right now it's yeah it's so far down the list of priorities on day-to-day running of the club and you know just long-term uh sustainability of the club even it's yeah. just not not something on there but um uh, thank you everyone who commented on the post uh interaction and all things for us right now is pretty low uh but obviously that's <laughs> mostly because people are concentrating on more important matters than football mm. I don't know what Shanky you think about that you know life and death no it's more important but <laughs> yeah right right now I think we're kind of demonstrating that it's not um, I've I got something funny which you know that I'm going to share with people just because I think it's the most Spursy thing in the world mm-hmm. um, you and I uh, because yes. me and you speak away from this have been playing Football Manager 2020 yeah um, I finally got you playing it <laughs> You did. For for those people who don't know, yeah, this has become my lockdown obsession. But for those people who don't know what it is, it's basically a, a football management sim game for the for the PC, etc. I, I think you can get various versions for um, for games consoles and tablets, etc. But I've been playing the PC version, and of course, I'm the Tottenham manager. And look, I appreciate that listening to someone talk about their computer game save is the equivalent of someone telling you about their dreams. It's boring as hell, but I will just tell you this because I think it's funny. Uh, four seasons in, so I've completed three full seasons. In those three seasons, as Tottenham manager, I have finished second in the Premier League every season. What gets worse is I have finished second in the Premier League every season on goal difference. And what's I, worse, who is it you've lost to each time? Uh, Liverpool. <laughs> I, I I think that this is without a shadow of a doubt the most Spursy thing I've ever encountered, ever. Like, I, I can smash teams in that game and everything. And I get to the end of the season and I'm like chasing them down, chasing them down. I'm doing everything I possibly can and I finish second on goal difference three seasons in a row. Like, the first time you messaged me, I was like, oh, dude, that sucks. And then you were like, yeah. a bit later, it's you're like, it's happened again. again. I was like, no, it's shut up, it hasn't. It's yeah. happened a third time. Okay, yeah. the game's broken. Yeah, the, the game's just basically winding me up. But yeah, as a Spurs fan, and I know everyone listening to fellow Spurs fan, if I say that to anyone else, they're like, ah, oh, what? That'd never happen. As a Tottenham fan, I feel like that would actually be what would happen. That really that, that feels about right. That feels normal to me. So yeah, I thought I'd share that but just because it's random. But apparently Football Manager 2020 is also free to download now. Um, they made it free for people to grab and play online. At the moment, uh, yeah. During, during the lockdown. So yeah, if it is something that you've, you know, perhaps you played the games in the past and you're currently hitting your head against the wall with boredom, look it up. Um, this is not a paid advert, by the way. No. Other football management games are available. <laughs> but it is my favourite game ever at the um, moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, drives me bonkers but um, yeah I mean one of the other things that have happened this week I think is quite interesting to talk about is the fact that the Football League has decided to end the season now I don't know if you you might have listened to our show a couple of weeks ago me and Matt mentioned that the lower leagues of non-league football if you like the the lowest parts of the pyramid the seasons were cancelled null and voided a and friend of mine manages a team and it has caused absolute bedlam down there. It, it has. It's caused absolute chaos um, because there were some teams that were like top of the league by like 50 odd points and stuff like that. My, you know, yeah, was... my um, friend's team, I played for him a couple of seasons ago and he won't mind me saying this, they were awful. Yeah. Like I, w- I was playing for them because I was trying to get my fitness back. A lot of it was friends and friends of friends who had been out for football for a while got together in this team that needed a second team put together so we played for them yeah awful this season was the first time in their history that the seconds team was on course to win the league yeah and it got cancelled with like four or five games left yeah and like they're all the whole entire club is just devastated yeah I mean you're gonna be I I want to try and keep everything in perspective because obviously I I appreciate how 
upsetting and aggravating that is. Yeah. But at the same time, it ain't the big deal, you know, compared to people no. dying. It really isn't. And to to see some of the reactions and stuff from some of these clubs, which are with the greatest love and respect, no one's ever heard of. Yeah. To be talking to solicitors to you know to try and sue the FA and stuff like that. Get a grip, guys. I mean, seriously, yeah. how can you possibly stand there and try and make the point that your your game of football is more important than people's lives? It just you know, come on, you're being brainless. Yeah. Be upset. Be disappointed. Be gutted at the situation. But for a load of them to be banding together to try and sue the FA and stuff, it's just ridiculous. That's mental, isn't it? Absolutely. It's absolutely off the road. But anyway, so we mentioned that a few weeks ago. Now, one of the things that we talked about was the fact that the the upper tier, if you like, uh, there had been no news about what they were going to do. Well, now, as of yesterday, that is officially... The season's over. Yeah. The, the, these, so this is literally the tiers directly below league football. So from all those pyramid of clubs and leagues that we talked about before, now the upper echelon, so the ones that are literally on the verge of going into League 2, I always call it the Vauxhall Conference. It's the Vanarama now? Yeah, maybe, mate. Vanarama well, yeah. National, and then you get the North and South. Yeah, to me, because yeah. cause I'm an old git, it's the Vauxhall Conference. <laughs> <laughs> And then you go into Division 4. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Showing me age. But yeah, so to get into league football, these are the clubs. So there are some clubs in there who I definitely recognise. Uh, you know, Torquay United, a few amongst others. Yeah. T- names of teams that I know. Season's gone. It's cancelled. It's null. It's voided. Or is it? <laughs> because in the lower echelons, all of those ones are doing, it was null and voided. It was done. With the upper tier... They're ended the season, so all the clubs have agreed everything the season has ended. However, they've not agreed on what basis yet. So, season over, but are they going to just basically say, wherever you were, that's how it ends? Are they going to null and void it? No decision's been made yet. Apparently, it's going to be made in the next meeting, or they're going to try and have a vote to try and get a consensus. I mean, it's got to be difficult, isn't it? Like, imagine, for example, like... You've got two teams challenging for top spot. Yeah. And they go, right, we're just going to end the season now. Whereas the yeah. team that's in first at the moment has still got to play yeah. third, fourth and fifth. Yeah. Whereas and the, the team, team in second yeah. have got the three teams at the very bottom of the league. And you're yeah. sitting there going, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And that's it. There is no good or there is no right, you know, there is no perfect solution. And I think I mentioned on the podcast last week. Yeah. To me, that's normally the sign of a deal that was a good deal. Everyone yeah, you're saying, everyone's unhappy. Yeah. yeah, everybody's unhappy, good deal. Um, I I look at this and I think the, the, cl- the more you climb the football tree, the worse and more difficult it's going to get. So yeah. now we've got clubs who are trying to get into the football league. Now let's, and I don't know any of the standings, by the way, but let's just imagine... There's a team there that have put everything, you know, chairman's remortgaged his house, etc., to sign a player, whatever. They've put everything into this season. At that level, typically players are on one-year deals, you know, and if you yeah. go up, great. If you don't, sorry, guys, you know, we gave it a good shot. You're off. We're, you know, we're back to, you know, you see squad turnover. You know, you don't see two or three signings. You see ten players leave, ten players arrive in the summer. You know, yeah. that's how it works, and and you go again. And if they've put everything into that, and the season's null and voided, that's going to be brutal. You know, that is literally livelihoods. That is quite literally families. You know, those players at that level are earning literally enough to put food on the table. They're not football megastars. Um, normally they're part time, you know, doing jobs on the side as well. Yep. So that to me is is huge. It is going to be a real impactful thing. But also, whatever decision they make, think about what that means as we continue up. Because let's say the football league, all of these teams get together and they go, "There's no fair way to decide this. There's too many arguments. So null and void." Yeah. And we start again. Now, that means that there's no promotion from that league. Well, I've just looked the table up, and at the moment, yeah, there was uh, nine games left. But if there's no promotion yeah. from there, that then means there's, there's no relegation. Rele- yeah, so this is what I'm getting at. Now, the Football League, yeah, they respond to the FA, but they are their own association, the Football League. 
Yeah. When you then go above that into League Two, League One, yeah. again, they're their own clique, if you like. They're their own thing, you know, football League One and Two. Yeah. And so if there's no relegation from League Two because there's no promotion from the Football League, then does that mean League Two becomes null and void? Well, I mean, it'd have to be, because then they can't have... If they can't have a relegation because there's no promotion... But they could potentially just say, right, wherever you are, that's how the season ends. Do you see what I mean? Because if you're in a relegation spot, you're just not going to go down. You're just not going to be relegated. Yeah. So they do still have the options, but... But then if you're not going to relegate teams, you can't promote teams, which then means League One can't relegate teams, which means they can't promote teams. That means the championship can. The championship can. can't, which means... And what? then, yeah. And that's a hell of a payment the team that goes up to the premiership receives. And that's my and point. And the playoff final winners get like an extra bit of money because the TV revenue and everything else. There, there you go, my friend. You just made my point for me. Yeah. The, the People are thinking the decisions being made in lower league football, in the football league right now, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. It has a massive implications. Whatever Big they time. decide will have a knock-on effect to Leagues 2 and 1, to the yep. Championship and the Premier League. It is it's huge. And they're all, and for, you know, for love nor money, I, I'm starting to wonder why anyone ever allowed this to happen. They're all their own independent associations. The Football League, Leagues yeah. 1 and 2. The Championship, the Premier League. They're all their own little cliques. <laughs> so the FA is trying to get some sort of consensus and failing miserably. So the FA is sort of gone, right, okay, we'll start at the very bottom that we do control. Boom, done, null and void. Then they've moved on to the Football League and they're basically trying to agree financial packages with them to try and help those clubs out, which is great and is what they should be doing. But again, you know, the Football League, if they all have a vote and they decide we're going to null and void it, that's it <laughs> you know Jeez. it's done yeah. and then League 2 and League 1 are left with well we could just do it where we stand but of course some clubs are going to argue that like you pointed out if you're top of the table but you've got to play your second third fourth team and your second on goal difference and you've got to play the team's bottom you're going to argue well if you stop it here <laughs> that, that's not fair yeah, you we know, may have gone on and absolutely thumped them five nil yeah. or won the league. What are you doing? Yeah, so Jeez. there is no there is no easy solution, and I do think you know if you are interested in this, which I think any of us who are listening to a podcast about Tottenham right now are interested in what's going on in the game, uh, do keep an eye on that. Do keep an eye on what's happening with the football league. Um, you can find a Twitter account for them, the association. There's only a few thousand followers on there, but I found it the other day, and I'm keeping on top of it. Um, now, the, now, what's interesting is, obviously, that's kind of like the bottom end. Uh, the top end of football is like FIFA UEFA. Now, yeah. it's UEFA that kind of has a direct impact on us. And UEFA have been holding meetings left, right and centre with FAs from all over their, you know, the UEFA region. Yeah. And what's interesting is in today, uh, which is Thursday the 23rd of April... They've made an announcement that they believe that if a league, if an independent league makes the decision to end their season, each individual league, you know, that's their own choice. UEFA cannot dictate to a country, you know, you should play the games, that's their choice. But they believe that teams should qualify for the UEFA competitions on football merit. Okay. Now that's the term that's been used today, and that is so open to interpretation. What does football merit mean? Well, basically, I think what they're trying to get across is the season shouldn't be null and voided. Like, so for example, using us as the example, we were fourth last year. Mm-hmm. If the season's null and voided, we'd be in the Champions League again next season. Hey. If <laughs> if the season is stopped where it is now and everyone has where they are. We're nowhere near that, you know. We're course, yeah. we're crap. So, also the other thing that was put out by UEFA yesterday, which today feels like they've kind of contradicted it, but then it's so vague what they've said today. It might not be. Is they said if a, if countries end their season, they will use the UEFA coefficient. Now, have you come across that before? No, can't say I have. Okay, the UEFA coefficient is basically. 
depending on your nation's club's performance in European competition, you are awarded points. And then clubs as individuals are awarded coefficient points for their performance in Europe. Oh, okay. And depending on that, you know, like the Premier League gets four Champions League spots because of England's club performance and our coefficient. If yep. we were to be crap, we, we never get out of the group stage every year for a few seasons, we'd lose one of our Champions League spots. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so, so I mean, that's very basic, but that, that's it. Now, based on the coefficient then, they would then rank the teams based on the UEFA coefficient, but of course the coefficient's updated at the end of every season. So basically the latest coefficient rankings would be based off of last season's performance. Are we really now, the final? Well, yeah, but it gets worse than this. Oh. The UEFA coefficient is done over like 10 years, 10 to 15 years, and then it's updated oh. season on season. So what that basically means is, yeah, last season we performed great in Europe, but over a 10-year period, not as great as other teams. So, yeah. for example, our UEFA coefficient would land us fifth in England currently. So we'd be in the Europa League, unless Man City's bans upheld. Yeah. So that, again, is another... Th- so that's where the discussions are at the top of football. Yeah. Um, we, we've discussed where they are at the sort of bottom end, which are now catching up. <laughs> yeah. Um, at some point, there's going to be a, a squidge as they meet in the middle, and, and we can all kind of sit back and wonder how the hell this is going to play out. But... Um, the fact they keep talking about... I mean, how, how do you feel about this? They keep talking about ending the season and playing the games. Well, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on them playing these games? I mean, obviously, the stadiums are going to have to be empty. Yeah, I'm, I heard... Also, I listened to your podcast one. I remember Matt was saying about, you know, this yeah. is now going to be back to the case of they're all going to need a pre-season first. Well, they're yeah. doing a bit of training at home and stuff like that. Yes, they're doing like these virtual training sessions. They've got their bikes and stuff at home. Yeah. But it's not match fitness. No. And to suddenly then turn around and go, yeah, okay, guys, we've got 10 games to play. We're going to play them over the next four weeks because that's how long we've got. Yeah. Basically, you're saying, go on, go out there, try not to tear your hamstring. Yeah, well... And I'm like, oh... So the proposal's being worked on. Again, using Tottenham as the example, Tottenham have living accommodation at Hotspur Way. Yep. So the proposal currently is that the Tottenham players move into that living accommodation, the first team squad. I mean, the plus side, it then means that no absolute numpty can then phone up a teammate and say, hey, let's go for some exercise on Instagram. So, bonus. I'm I'm not going to talk about that. No. I can't. Absolute wobble. The the last time I absolutely laid into him, I got accused of being racist. So I can't can't do that again. Fair play. I can do it for you. He's an idiot. He's an absolute yeah. idiot. I'll do it for you. Okay. Yeah. No, he, he drives me insane. I mean, I've already had a dig at him like five times <laughs> on the podcast. I don't like the guy. No. <laughs> it has but, nothing uh, no. to do with race. <laughs> I just don't like He's the guy. He's just an I never idiot. Have. Yeah. Um, anyway, a uh, snap. Yeah. Right, shake that but off. But yeah, to be fair, they can all move into the living accommodation there, which means they're then all self-isolated together. Yeah. However, yeah, only... they're then going to play football for 90 minutes against another team who may not be. Yeah, well, the, the, here we go. So basically, the, there's only two teams in the Premier League who have living accommodation at the training ground. It's us and Man City. I mean, it's um, the social distancing during a football match. Yeah, there's no such. Well, to be <laughs> honest can't. with you, our, our defence have been social distancing from other yeah. team strikers all season. You know, so maybe, maybe I did see a fun. Just quick, I did see a fun thing. You know how esports has only really taken off, like the Formula One drivers <laughs> doing it. Yeah, someone yeah. has said what they should do is they get all eleven players. To play yeah. against the corresponding member of the team. So you'd have like, for example, if we were playing Liverpool, for example. Yeah, Harry you, Kane yeah. versus Van Dyke, Or Harry Kane yeah. versus Allison, That sort yeah. of thing. And, create, and have all of the matches. And then take the average of the scores and that's your result. Someone put that up on Twitter. And oh, I was yeah. like, that's mental. <laughs> it is mental. Well, I've seen the videos of the Tottenham team <clears throat> playing FIFA against each other. We're not yeah. any better at that. No. <laughs> let's let's just leave that. I mean, if we're going to do that, let's just toss a coin. Yeah. <laughs> it's just stupid. Heads we win, tails we lose. If it lands on its side, it was a draw. Yay. Yeah. Uh, no. No, let's, let's just call that what it is. Uh, crap. Yeah. I 
I don't know. The proposals to end the season playing behind closed doors to me just smacks of um I don't know what the right word here here is, but kind of uh, a poor example of you know you got all these people struggling with their different professions, all of this social distancing stuff, and you know you got the the chief medical officer for the country saying a form of social distancing likely is to be in place for the rest of this year. Yep. And then you got football teams arguing about being allowed to play football again. Um, it just doesn't make know. sense to. But then, like you say, if they want a form of social distancing until the end of the year, mm. does that potentially then mean that large gatherings will be out until 2021? Well, but, yeah. Would you classify as a large in, gathering? Does it yeah. mean, you know, football in theory, football could be out until next year? Yeah, I mean, you know, Tottenham, Tottenham Stadium, uh, for example, you know, we'd have to play behind closed doors. I mean, Arsenal could could get you know could go ahead they got a socially distant fan base they'd be all right you it'd know you fine. sit down at there sit down at the emirates stadium there's normally at least four seats either side of you it's yeah fine. it'd be fine no problem see there you go i managed to get a dig at arsenal I well feel played better well played um so yeah so i, I don't know I, I flip-flop on this because i i'd love to see the season end i'd love to see harry kane fit again and playing yeah uh, i'd like i'd like to see some football again to be honest with you but at the same time it isn't my be-all and end-all raison d'etre for a living. You know, there are bigger things going on right now. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of, like I said, I kind of flip-flop on it. And um, I I personally would rather they just draw a line and then start working on plans for August of the new season starting. Yeah, you know, I get because, that. Because if they're, if, you know, like you just said, if the medical officer and everyone's advice is that we could end up with social distancing measures, then all of the clubs need to start planning for starting a new season with no fans and how that's going to impact them. What, how are they going to do it? What's the plan? Yeah. You know, the Premier League had this proposal of going to play in China. Like, oh, you know, yeah. Chi- Matt was, you know, I heard Matt say that's ridiculous. You know, China have got it under control now. Oh, no, shut up. You know, I, I mean, if I was a player, I'd refuse to go. I'd say, no, shut off. Yeah. Or, what planet are you on where you think that's a good idea? But anyway, look, shake that off again because, yeah, it's, yeah. it's too much of a damning subject. Uh, the, the next topic I wanted to bring up and I wanted to get your opinion on and, you know, make the listeners think a little bit. Uh, Super Jan Vertonghen. Yeah. Super Jan's birthday, I think, tomorrow, uh, Friday the 24th, could be wrong. Um, oh, damn, I forgot to send him a card again this year. Uh, he, I believe, turns 33, possibly 34. Jeez, yeah, I mean, he's older than he lo- he still looks like he's in his mid-twenties. Yes, he is uh, not. And that is me, you're hitting 30, but I look like I'm in my 50s. Bastard. You, you, you do. You <laughs> do. Yeah, yeah. No, one, no one ever believes you're, how old you are. Uh, I... The conversations around his contract. Uh, Jan did a online interview with a Dutch publication, um, basically said in it that he's looking to learn a new language. Um, he definitely is going to stay in Europe. Uh, he's not ruling out staying at Tottenham, but you know he's had interest from Italy and Spain, and he'd like to learn Italian, like to learn Spanish. Um, in essence, sort of adding fuel to the fire that it looks like he's not going to get a renewal from us mm. what's your opinion on that whether you whether you think offering Jan a new contract is the right thing to do or whether it is time to say thank you for your service um, good luck it's oh, it's so difficult uh, he joined us 2012 he joined us I think so yeah, 2012 roughly so he's been with us for a long time yeah he's one of my favourite players at the club yep and I'm kind of torn in this whole selfishness of, no, you sign a new deal, you retire here, you become a coach. <laughs> and yeah. the other side of it, which is, you've been here for like eight years. At what point do we turn around to him and go, do you know what, you've, you've served your time. You've <laughs> Served your time is a great way of putting yeah. it. You know, you've done your time here, you've done us proud. If you want to go play in Italy for three years... And then retire, but experience Italian football first. If he wants to go back to Ajax, I heard a rumor that he might go back to to Holland. Yeah, and go back to Ajax. And I'm like, 
No, I, I think he's made it pretty clear he's going to not do that. Yeah. Not not on this instance, anyway. Um, and I'm like, I'm kind of like, well, maybe maybe we should let him go over. I mean, he's done it in a lot more graceful way than that last person that left us to go to. Uh, yeah, to I I am of the. I'm in this squad of where the only reason I'd keep him is an emotional one. Yeah. And therefore, I think he should go. Um, my my attachment to him is largely because when he came in, um, we had I think he came in under AVB. Um, Twelve, so yeah, yeah. Harry Harry Redknapp signed him, right? Then Harry Redknapp's fired. Yeah. Uh, AVB was brought in, and anybody who knows, you know, we we transition. You know, it was a really tough time, and he was kind of like the the kind of only bright light we had for a little while. Um. Then you had like the Bale Magnificent Seven scenario the following year. Yeah. And again, he was just consistent. Then Mauricio Pochettino come in, and you know, Jan was kind of one foot out the door. He was kind of like to his agent, get me out of here. <laughs> this club's this club's a circus. You know, he was kind of hire a manager, fire a manager, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, a lot of the players felt that way because of the Tim Sherwood situation. Remember Sherwood came in and just kept ranting to the press about how crap they all were. Oh, they were dark um, days. I remember going to a game. I want to say we were playing Swansea, and he's he was sat in the crowd watching down because this was his yeah. new genius idea. Yeah, and the whole yeah. crowd was just toxic. Yeah, the home fans yeah, yeah, yeah. singing "Where is our manager?" because the assistant manager's in the dugout. Oh, it was horrible yeah. times. Yeah, no, it was, and then you know you had the rumours of like confrontations and literal physical fights with players. And yeah. things, but but so Jan was like one fight at the door, and Richard Pochettino came in. Uh, transformed the club's diet, the training, and everything like that. And Jan, you know, looked again, just looked a better player. Yeah, I got partnered up with Toby, and then for I'd say two seasons, they were the best centre back pairing in the Premier League. Um, at least two, uh, possibly three, but two definitely. I yeah, hundred percent. They were incredible those two together. And you know, he's not that now. Uh, unfortunately, he isn't at that level. Um, he's lost a yard of pace, and he was never quick to begin with I think the problem um, is he's lost that yard of pace but he seems to have also lost a yard of pace in his mind as well no, I don't I, know if it's just a case of you know another new manager's come in the club morale's not fantastic yeah, or what but yeah. he just seems to be like his feet like you say he's never been a quick quick player but no. he now seems like his, his feet and his brain just that half a second slower than they were yeah, it is. To, to me, like I said, it would be an emotional decision for Jan to get a new contract and keep him. Yeah. The, the, the other flip side is, and it is something that does play on my mind, is defensively we've looked so bad this season. And we looked bad at the end of last season, you know, when yeah. Mauricio was here. And at the start of the season under Mauricio as well. So it's not a Jose thing. It is just stuff's gone wrong. Yep. Um, I... The club are trying to prioritise, if we do make any signings, a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. So someone who is going to come in and offer protection to the back four. And it is something we've lacked for a long time. Since Wanyama's knee injury, Eric Dyer's illness, we've not had that. Yeah, you know, no, you're Dyer's right. come back and tried, but he, he's just not been able to. So he is transitioning to become a centre-back. Which I'm all for. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I genuinely think... With a defensive midfielder, someone who is going to give, then all of a sudden our defenders are going to look better again. You know, yeah. it is no coincidence that the best centre back pairing of Jan and Toby also had Wanyama and Dyer at their best in front of them. Oh, and Dembele. You know, Dyer and Dembele, or Wanyama and Dembele ahead of them. You know, they were it's working so hard. The underrated def- players that help a defender. Oh, big time, yeah. I mean, Wanyama in that first season with us was phenomenal. His work rate and what he did, just breaking up play constantly, meant that our defenders, you know, every now and again, they get to do the wonderful, you know, big header away or something and get the headlines. Yeah. You know, Spurs, Spurs clean sheet, you know, and it's a great picture of Toby just looking amazing. In reality, you know, they didn't have a lot to do. <laughs> you know, Wanyama was just like snapping anyone who got close to him. Yeah. So... It's kind of a perception thing, so I do think in my mind that you know they are they you know they don't look good this year. You know, Jan looks like he's lost the yard of pace. He doesn't look mentally with it, etc. And I'm doing all these things in my mind, and then I do think to myself, and yet with their experience and everything, 
someone who is all action, a defensive midfielder in front of them, they could look phenomenal again. Yeah. I don't know. So, again, much like the other issues we've discussed, I flip-flop. <laughs> yeah. But with, with the news that Dyer is moving back to central defence, you would think the logical thing is to shake Jan's hand and say, good luck securing a deal with a new club. You know, thank you so much for all you've done. Um, you know, give him a really graceful, wonderful send-off. You know, big hugs, social distance hugs. Yep. Um, let him go off. And like you say, maybe one day he returns as a coach. Um, if, he, if he wants to go down that road, um, I think he'd probably do it at Ajax. I imagine that would be his choice, yeah. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, just because I thought it might give people a bit of a laugh, is, uh, you know how we always get crap about our trophy cabinet? Which one? It, it, we're very funny. <laughs> Sorry. But, but you know, Sorry, you know yeah. that's kind of like yeah. Arsenal fans, Chelsea fans. West Ham fans do this, and I have no idea what planet they're living on. All they they've won is the championship it. and the championship playoffs, but they think yeah. they've got a better odds. Yeah. Yeah, so but yeah, Listen. everyone likes to have a pop at us. Like, oh, you know, Tottenham think you're a big club. How's your trophy cabinet? Well, I can tell you, right? There is a trophy cabinet at our new stadium. There is one. There is one there, right? Yep. And it is positively bulging right now. Tottenham have cleaned up at the best stadium awards, people. We are trophy laden. Happy twelve. Day. Twelve. Twelve of them. Twelve. Jesus. 12 stadium awards even the toilet seats won awards or something Champions League final who needs that trophy we've got best stadium facilities 2020 in your face 12 of them yeah yeah, how many of them can you name uh, I can I can name one which I just named the rest of oh yeah yeah I should have done that that would have been funny I could have done that that would have been actually quite a good laugh but no we have won Um, the Yes, we have also won Plunger of the Year. No, yeah, so yeah. That's so crazy. next time, next time someone has a pop, just go. Um, excuse me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> how many? How many trophies has your stadium won? Because mine is laden. We don't support a football team anymore. We support a stadium. We've we've won twelve <laughs> trophies this season. Yeah, exactly. The stadium has. Let's let's be clear. You know, we are now supporters of the Tottenham Hotspur Football Stadium. Yeah. Because cause the team can't win shist, but the stadium kicking ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, uh, that was kind of everything I wanted to cover this week. Um, uh, thank you for stepping in. No worries. Um, I I appreciate it. I'm sure people listening appreciate it. We, we've had a number of really nice messages coming to the page. I just want to say how much we really appreciate it. The, the messages are basically been on the lines of, thanks for still doing the show. Thanks for still doing the page. It's nice to have the normality. Um people class us as normal is sadly mistaken but, craziness um, yeah it is proper mental but uh i uh, just want to let you know that we do really appreciate it actually uh the few people that have reached out has, has meant the world so a uh, big thank you to that. big thank you to everyone for listening uh make sure you stay safe and we'll be back again next week take care you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.